It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Hey, good morning from Buckhead. Look here, look there, Rich Casanova sitting here with his silhouette around the billion-dollar view. <laughs> this is Michael Moore. We're coming to you live from the studios over at Linux Towers, Linux Plaza, Linux. Where are we again? Linux. We prefer it called the Pro Business Channel Studios. Yeah, the, the Pro Linux. Business Studios overlooking, overlooking. Our, bil- our Buckhead billion-dollar view. It is the billion-dollar view. They've upgraded. They uh, sold a couple more Did buildings. Did our rent go up there? Oh, or no, no, okay, no, no, no. Good, not, good. not yet, Rich. We are, we're, 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 we're under currently that 30, in negotiations, yeah. 30 day, they're on a 30-day rule, and we're on day 28 today. So beware, you got to write a check, uh, rest, uh, yeah. a bigger check. But we've got three, uh, we've got the good good folks in the studio yep. today. We've got Bob Johnson from uh, down in College Park and representing the whole city with his old room market we're going to talk about. And we've got Howard Burkett, who's with uh, Primerica, who's actually helping the financial literacy process as well as helping people get into the financial industry where they can make a difference for themselves. But let's go first to... Uh, to Bob, by the way, remembering we're sponsored by the Buckhead Business Association. In part, they put this program together to talk a little bit about being pro-owned business. So actually yeah. making it happen. Tell us, tell us about why, why we're doing this, Rich. Uh, well, thank you, Michael Moore. Um, so, yeah, the Buckhead Business Association, you go to BuckheadBusiness.org, uh, is one of the contributing sponsors uh, for the show. But um, they've been the de facto chamber of commerce, if you will, because there is no city of Buckhead. But for this community, they're the go-to business organization, 50-plus uh, years. How many years now, counting? Oh, we're creeping up on 65. On 60, yeah. 65. And you're, <laughs> and, and you're listening to a past president of the BBA. But uh, you want to go to their site, uh, attend some of the breakfast meetings, and we'll talk about that later, as well as after hours. But let's jump into our guests. And we'll do that, show. Bob. Now, you, you wandered down to Atlanta a few years ago and helped with golf courses. And I understand about five years ago, you moved into the process of helping the entrepreneurs down in the South Metro Atlanta by putting in a club. And I think you've been very successful over the last three since you got the doors really open and had a lot of fun. But about a year or so ago, I understand you found a new product or a new process that would help the folks uh, here in Atlanta, all business folks and here in the Southeast. So, Bob, give us a little introduction on what, what is an Oru and why are you involved? Well, to give a little backstory, obviously, Club E is an entrepreneurial center. Uh, the challenge that most of our entrepreneurs have is they run out of money very quickly and uh, usually have no money for marketing. Uh, many, many times the entrepreneurs, we have about 150 members, would come to me and say, well, I'd like to market, but I just can't afford the traditional methods of marketing and media and that type of thing to get the exposure. Uh, so I was contacted about a year ago, a friend of mine down in Orlando, Florida, had started this Oru Marketplace, and uh, I didn't know what it was. I could hardly say it. But uh, anyways, uh, went down to Florida and found out that this was really going to be a paradigm shift for a small business. And uh, the focus with the Oru Marketplace is to concentrate on the small businesses that have little or no exposure or little no money to advertise. And so the uh, Oru Market was developed to help the bricks and mortar, small businesses, service companies, anybody basically that, you know, doesn't have the big budgets of the traditional large retailers and, and businesses. So uh, so Oru stands for Orbis Rate Unit, which is actually their currency. So uh, we're calling it Atlanta's first community currency. And community currency is different than, you know, traditional currency because basically we give you the currency uh, and then we want you to go and spend it in the businesses that accept it. So instead of discounting, instead of giving you know two-for-ones and all these things that businesses do to promote business, they basically accept a portion of their payment in Oru currency, which is the community currency of Atlanta. 
And uh, so it's been going very well. Obviously, when we started, you know, we had five people uh, signed up and we had two stores. And I would go to people and say, you should sign up and, you know, and go support these stores. And they say, how many stores have you got? I said, well, we've got five, you know. And they said, well, when are you going to have more? I said, well, when you sign up, I'll have six, you know. So, and then you go to About the... About 20% increase. And then you go to, yeah, then you go to the customers and you say, you know, or you go to the stores and you say, well, how many customers you got? Well, we got five. Well, don't, you know, come back when you got... So now we're, in a year later, we now have 700 businesses signed up wow. in the Over Marketplace. And we have over 12,000 people that we've given money away to to go spend in those businesses. Well, so, well, well can we make it 12,001? Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> You're maybe giving away money. We say give away money, Bob. What, what does that mean? Well, I'm a lot like the government, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, Careful now. Here, here we go. We won't, okay. This is not a debate. We won't cross morning. that line right now. But uh, anyway, so uh, so the big challenge is that people have, you know, especially I mean, my market in College Park, obviously we have limited disposable income for our people. Uh, you know, classically, I mean, people have a two or three or four thousand dollar budget and find a way to spend every single dollar. Right. This is the consumer side. So what we want to do is come in and allow them to get three hundred dollars more of disposable income a month and to take that money and support all the small businesses in the area. So the only caveat is, yes, it is community currency, but you have to use it in the stores that accept it. So it's a great way to tie the business con- community to the consumer community and get them to be loyal. It's, it's really nothing different than what you and I, Michael, participated in when we were young, right? My father was in the dairy business. We, we, get, we sold milk to people that did business with us. That's right. If you sold us gas, we basically sold you milk. If we... Yeah. You sold you just, groceries, we sold you milk, you know. and uh, just, just don't so, get those two mixed up or whatever. Yeah, yeah right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So My car's Bob, not running so well anymore. Yeah, it sounds right. like you are like the government, Bob. You're, you're willing to give everybody over a $3,000 raise in the community. So this community's currency, can it be used other places? So the, uh, the currency can be used for all our services, all of our stores. Uh, the whole idea is to support the small businesses, you know, to give them uh, – basically an entree. So we do two things really well. One is we're a rewards program, so we give the stores a free rewards program, which is expensive to set up on their own, okay, other than a punch card or something. This is a totally digital currency, so it's on your phone. You have a cash register inside your smartphone, and you just use that when you go into the store. And uh, so basically, we want to give everybody a $300 raise. You're exactly right. So I was looking at some numbers the other day, I went into Google, which is my favorite, you know, thing to <laughs> search for. So the, the interesting thing is, is that you know, that there's 76 million Americans. Okay, this is in the Wall Street Journal a couple of months ago. 76 million Americans, if they had to, could not come up with 400 dollars for an emergency. Now we wow. got 300, 330 million Americans, half our kids. 170 million Americans, and almost half of those people could not come up with $400 in the richest country in the world. What are we doing wrong? Oh, we're we're going to look a little bit more about that in just a second. Now, yeah. Rich, uh, well, well, uh, so did quick, you want Bob, to raise? Yeah. Is, um, well, Bob, how, how is this uh, similar or dissimilar to uh, bar- some of the barter companies or Bitcoin? Yeah. So first of all, we're an internal currency. Okay. We, it can't be operated outside. Bitcoin is really a, a traditional tradable currency, right? We're not tradable. We give you the money. You can't buy it. You can't secure it. The only way you can get Orus is that you get referred in by somebody that is an Oru member uh, or you refer somebody. If you refer somebody, we give you another 300 Orus. So we have many of – I have my kids that uh, work out of Club E that have twenty or 30,000 Orus. These kids wow. never had anything. 
They never had three, you know, 300 marbles, never mind orus, that they could spend. And so they're becoming, we talked about financial literacy and making kids competent on, on finance. So this is a great way to teach young kids that, that and then they feel good about themselves. They said, look, I got 30,000 orus, Mr. Bob. And, you know, and I said, now you have to go support the community that's going to accept those orus. So you're going to help your own community and you're going to help yourself. Well, you brought up an interesting point there, Bob. You used that number, 30,000. Uh, what's what's an oru worth? I mean, it sounds like it's uh, it's it's not like trading stamps. So, what is it worth? Yeah, we we used to have the S and H green stamps, Michael. You remember those? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> we, we, yes, yes, we do, Bob. We, we remember those. Yeah, and we just lost half our audience here. <laughs> I said, what? what is but back that? to value. You, you were talking about the yeah. value of an oru in the marketplace because you're gonna you're gonna give me dollar for dollar. Yeah, so basically what happens is the the marketplace really dictates what the value of the oro is, but we set it at a dollar. So one oro is worth one dollar. Uh, you know, traditionally you go into a restaurant, your bill's a hundred dollars, and the store uh, the restaurant says we're going to accept twenty percent in community currency. So you're going to give them twenty dollars in oros and eighty dollars in U.S. cash. So you just save twenty dollars of your own d- disposable income and used oro as a replacement. So it's a it's a great program. Uh, we're you know as I say we've grown really grassroots. We haven't advertised. We're doing our first public event this weekend at the Sweet Auburn Festival. Uh, if anybody's on listening audience wants to stop down and see our booth down there, we'll give you three hundred euros while you're standing there. Wow, well, that's so. just like like Yogi Berra said. This is almost like cash. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's almost like cash. Yeah, Can exactly. I buy a euro with an euro? <laughs> euro with an euro. Well, so. maybe maybe at the festival you signed up some of the festival vendors to accept orders. Yeah. So uh, actually, yeah. So the, uh, the how I got to the festival is the one of the creators, uh, Stephen Muhammad. Uh, actually is an Oru member and using it for some of his association members. And what we're trying to do is even get the trades to accept it, right? So we have electricians, plumbers, carpenters, and get your house painted and get your... Bob, you know, it's amazing. We're going to go ahead and tell us what's what's the website for that again. So it's www.oru.com. Great. Well, we're going to flip over for a minute here now and take a little bit, a little bit of a pause, and we're going to switch over to uh, to Howard, who's going to talk a little bit about financial literacy. And we'll cover that process, and then we'll blend these two together about how how you, how, the, how you can be more financially literate with your orus or your dollars, and how you can seek careers. And it sounds like you've got some young folks down there in College Park that are creating a wealth path. Yeah, they are. It's great. Good. Well, next we got Howard Burkett, who is one of our. Um, uh, Primerica fellows here in the city. He has actually been a recruiter for a while, and uh, I'm going to let him share a little bit about his background. First of all, tell me, how in the world did you get into the financial planning industry? <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, basically, somebody invited me to a seminar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, totally something I was not interested in. My background is actually accounting, but it actually works well. Uh, knowing a little bit more about business, you have accounting, and financial services. So um, went to a seminar. I said, okay, let me give it a shot. Here I am 22 years later. So now I realize you, you basically talk about the differences. We always talk about the unique proposition you have. How do you recruit folks and put them into this industry to be uh, teachers and preachers of good financial planning? Well, it, it, it's all about showing people how to reach their financial goals. So sitting down, showing people how to put together a financial game plan, and usually most times people have a shortfall. So their goals and dreams are really high, but their income is a little bit lower. So I show people an opportunity how to make some extra income either on a part-time basis or what we call a center of influence where they can just refer people and make some extra money 
or if they decide they want a career change at some point, they can jump in full speed ahead and uh, make some extra money. Well, what's the, what's the process to become a financial planner or a referral? Or how, walk me through the, one of those career changes that you seek those people to help out. Well, typically most people start on a part-time basis. So what happens is uh, it, it's all about on-the-job training. Nobody knows everything about financial services when they first get started. So it's just showing people uh, what they need to, to do and you know, really learn about the products, how it's going to help somebody. And from that point, it's really going out and showing other people how to do the same thing. Do you focus on any specific parts of the financial wellness of an individual? Because obviously the people who come in and join your group, you want to make sure their house is beginning to get in order. Right. Well, there's two things that are the main focus. One is protecting your income with life insurance. And two is making sure they never run out of money when they retire. So the main focus is setting up the insurance and making sure they have proper investments. So in terms of the, quote, insurance and investments, how does that match against revenue if they, if they don't have enough today? Well, if they don't have enough today, it's showing them how to make some more. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about part-time versus full-time, give us some of the success stories of your recruits over the last few years, some of the industries they've been in. As you said, you, you came to the industry because you were an accountant, and that gave you a, a leg up because you knew a little bit more about the, quote, financial model of income versus expense and leftover. Uh, the, the leftovers <laughs> is the important part without leftovers. So you help people find out how to have some leftovers so they can move in the industry. But talk about some of the success stories you feel particularly proud about. Okay. But just go back one of your comments. It's really not about having what you have as leftover. It's really more about how much you save. It's not about how much you make. It's how much you keep. So one of the, one of the stories is I have a pastor that started working on a part-time basis. And his whole goal is to help his congregation because a lot of times people come to churches when somebody dies. So instead of <laughs> passing a hat, you know, you want to make sure your congregation has life insurance so that they don't have to worry about that. Uh, another person uh, was working in retail, started out part-time, and is looking to go full-time with that. And what, what, what kind of results do these folks have when you said part, part-time retail going to? What, what, were the, what were they doing? How did they, how did they go through the process? Well, the process is um, really about a referral business, sitting down with people they know, sharing with them what they're doing, and then finding people that want to do the same thing and moving in the same direction. Well, let's fast forward that retail person. So day one, they, they, they met Howard. They mm-hmm. got involved, did a little paperwork, I'm sure, and, and gave you or, or provided you beginnings of where they were today. And you talked them through their process, and then they began to get more and more committed. So what was the process they'll go through over the next two, three, four, five years to become fully engaged in the financial services industry? Maybe they're going to wind up being a financial literacy teacher. Maybe they're going to wind up getting their insurance licenses and doing all the stuff they need to do. So sure. share that story with us. Okay. So in order to get started, yes, there is paperwork. Everything in financial services is highly regulated. So obviously there's some licenses to to get going, and we walk people through that process. Next is working on going out and seeing people and showing them how to put together their own financial game plan. Um, Worst thing you want to do is have a representative in the business that doesn't have their own game plan. 
usually tells people that they don't believe in it themselves. So putting together their game plan and then going out and helping other people, people they know, show them what they're doing, show them how to get involved in business, how to help other people. And a lot of it is on-the-job training where going out, just learning about the products, uh, showing people how to overcome objections, and then there's classroom training as well. Let's roll back to that pastor film. So you're telling me it's sort of like that do as I do, not just as I say do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and So he, he becomes a better model for his congregation. He probably becomes a better um, provider for his family. He also mm-hmm. is able to probably recognize uh, needs in the marketplace. Because as you begin Correct. to become more educated, that's one of the things about financial literacy. You work for a super company. I'm sure you'll have a lot of programs and a lot of planned projects that you uh, engage your people in. Talk about some of the services that Primerica provides in the community as opposed to just the tangible products they sell. Um, well, uh, the, the products help people reach their goals. But it, it's more about a crusade, showing people how to get to where they want to be. And it all starts with planning. Um, Everybody knows there's always going to be emergencies and stuff, but you have to plan. But about helping other other things in a community, it's not about what the money can do for you. It's about how you can help other people with that money. Good deal. I know that uh, we're going to get back in a minute and talk about a blending of this two processes together. But, Howard, thank you for, for sharing that with us. Now, you've been in this a number of years. How do people get in touch with you directly? Directly, I have a toll-free number. It's 877-545-3419, or my cell phone is 312-399-4377. Well, Howard, I appreciate you being with us. And, again, what, what company do you primarily represent? Primerica Financial Services. Right, and they're located out in the northeast uh, quadrant of our city. I work out of um, Tucker. You work out of Tucker. That's pretty northeast. <laughs> Good to have you with us. So now what we're going to do is going to wind back and talk about this because I know that some of the things that your agents or your your uh, minions will be a word I'll use today <laughs> might use would be to help educate, and you're educating all the time. I know that Bob has probably seen great success because many times people don't know how they use the resources, should use the resources they have to have some, as you said, not leftover, but to spend money on themselves right. first and build a savings plan, build a product, and build a process. Bob, I know this Oru product you've spoken about is going to give people the opportunity to create some dollars. It sounds like you're going to put some more in the front end of the process for them. So talk a little bit about some of the experiences. You've talked about a couple of the uh, the examples of the kids, but talk about a business owner example of something you've seen happen. I think somebody said they, they bought an infinity with your product. Well, the... Uh yeah, kind of the unique story about the Infinity Dealer was that uh, I was at the uh, Business Expo at GICC, and I was talking to all the small businesses that were there about getting into the old marketplace to promote their business and have free marketing program. And they all liked that, said, how can you get it free? I said, well, I said, the whole idea or concept of Oru was to give a platform for all small business to op- you know, operate and market for free. And he was kind of over-listening to me, and then I started to leave, and he said, hey, wait a minute. He said, you know, what's that thing about currency, and and you're, you've got people that are members that are looking to uh, get this? I said, well, it's not really for you. I said, it's it's really more for the small <laughs> business. That's the takeaway <laughs> sale, yeah. It's <laughs> a small business guy. He says, what do you mean? I'm a small business. I have a dealership down on Jonesboro Road. And and he said, I said, well, I said, you know, we're really here to help the small bricks-and-mortar store. He says, well, we need help, too. <laughs> he said, we can, we can talk to all those people. So uh, he encouraged me to come down and meet his, uh, 
his general manager and all, and so they were they were all excited about it and basically willing to give a thousand dollars off the final price, not the haggle price, okay, <laughs> and accept a thousand dollars in oral currency uh, on a new car and five hundred on a used car, and so. Uh, uh, we've sent some people down there that were our members looking for a car, and so that's what it is. It's small business helping small business. You know, it's all it's all about supporting one another, and uh, so it's a great community effect. And we're starting to see it now with other businesses. You know, the, obviously we're talking to grocery stores now because that's the basic essential that everyone needs. And, uh, you know, if you've ever stood behind a lady that has 71 coupons and is running them through the register, uh, it would be a much better nice thing to have a, a phone that says, boom, 10% off, and I'm out the door, you know? Uh, yeah. I think, I, I think Rich is raising his hand. Can, what, did well, you get your $300 yet? Um, well, I definitely want to talk to you after the show. There's, there's <laughs> right. no question. But um, uh, So I can get my beach house, uh, possibly. But, but, no, seriously, I know we've been talking about the uh, currency, but uh, go back to um, – the uh, the Club E, and talk to us about, uh, give us your best uh, p- pitch, if you will, for people to join or engage in that and kind of help, uh, for those people that are not familiar with it, what is the value proposition there? So Club E is kind of my lifelong dream to give back to the entrepreneurial community. I've never had, I never had a job, you know, so I always work for myself and uh, basically wanted to pass it on. Uh, I tell my kids, a third of your life you're learning, a third of your life you're earning, and a third of your life you're serving. So I'm kind of my serving version, and uh, I'm trying to give back to people that are entrepreneurial, mostly kids. I love working with the kids and teaching them how to become entrepreneurs. And uh, so we've been there about three years, as Michael said. Uh, We started in 2013, about 150 members. Last year we graduated, what we're most proud about, 227 kids in our Young Entrepreneur Society program. And uh, the youngest was four and the oldest was 20. And a lot of financial literacy is one of our programs that we teach there because these kids have no idea on money or how to manage it or anything else where Howard would be an expert in that as well. And uh, I'm a former expert. I am. I was the youngest certified financial planner in the country in 1974. (laughs) Now I'm the oldest, okay? (laughs) And all those other guys died off that were around me. Well, you're the longest serving. This is is an incubator then? Yeah, so so we we call it an empowerment center or an uh, entrepreneurial development center. We're really not like Rome or, you know, some of the great ones that are co-working facilities here. We're much more about helping the young entrepreneurs get started, helping with their business plan, collaborating and doing that. But we do house, you know, we do have 12 offices there and we do have a collaborative space. But we're much more about the accomplishment and the people that we have in okay. it. And that, as you said, Bob, and you actually brought Oru into Atlanta. And, of course, it's like it'll start there in College Park. It started in the South Metro area. It started in the Tri-Cities right. area. And now you're beginning to expand out. You'll be this weekend down at the Sweet Auburn Festival right in beautiful downtown Atlanta. Exactly. Uh, recruiting some vendors who will then go back to their homes. Now, let me just focus on one thing you mentioned a couple, couple of days ago to me. You mentioned something about the city of Paris was, in, was maybe looking at doing a community cur- currency for the whole city. So the the whole story is there's early adopters, right, people that get in. But there's nothing new about community currency. I mean, you mentioned about barter, okay? Barter is an old form of community currency. Right, there's yeah. very different forms of uh, – so the Oru currency just basically created a digital form of doing easy transactions. But the uh, but the whole the whole intent of – uh, this so what's happened is as many cities Paris France just announced last month that they're creating their own community currency. Uh, Switzerland has had the weir for since 1930s, 
And the Weir was developed to help businesses that were going through the First and Second World War and having challenges to the businesses to have capital. So they created their own currency called the Weir. And now the Paris, everybody in Paris is going to be run around with cents uh, after the river. And uh, basically it's going to be just like our currency is. It's going to be used against a portion of the purchase price of different items that you have. And the whole idea is that people don't have enough disposable income, as Howard mentioned. You know, So if we can give people a 20% raise and they don't have to pay for it, I mean, that's that's why people that's say... Better I, I, that's I better than Bob. I vote for Bob for president. Bob, Bob for president. If I can give everybody $300 a month raise in, in, in okay. all of America, I, but trust me, I'm going to win, hands down. Right, don't, so, don't, don't, don't say that too loud. We don't have that much space in the lobby for people that are going to start coming in the lobby. Uh, Michael, I did want to... One quick follow-up question for Howard. Uh, in my notes, so this rule of 72, can you talk right. to us about that? Absolutely. It was actually invented by Albert Einstein. What he did was he invested $1.1%, wanted to see how long it would take for his money to double. At 1%, it takes 72 years to double from $1 to $2. That's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. <laughs> and that's a small percentage so, rate. So we want back then. So yeah. we, we want to add to the dollar every every chance we get, and we also want to invest it at the highest rate possible that protects the economy and protects our investment. But what's the rest of that? So, so what happens is with the rule of seventy two is if you take your rate of return divide it into seventy two, it'll tell you how long it'll take for your money to double. Okay. So, right. let's say somebody has three percent; they're getting three percent of their right. money. That means their money is going to double every 24 years. Huh. Let's say they get 12% on their money. That means their money is going to double every six years. I'll take six years, yeah. Right. <laughs> but if you get 24%, you get your money. What, what, what if you get a 100% return on your money? Yeah. It's just double today. Right. That's, that's, We're it's, almost it's, out of time, man. Jethro used to say, naught times naught's naught, but not one times one is one. And you'll get it back in one year, buddy, and double. Double. So you'll leave your money in. So I think the coordination here we're looking at is how do you really begin to educate people? Howard, if you don't educate people, they won't be getting a rule of 72 to be applied because they will spend their dollars. They'll have no dollar, as we said jokingly earlier. There will be no leftovers. So it's important to begin to build your own personal program to pay yourself first, take care of the other most important things next. And then if there is any leftover, then you can go to Six Flags. <laughs> or, or, you, or, you can, or you can go to the Sweet Auburn Festival this weekend. Now, Bob, as you've grown people, you've seen kids in five years. That you started there. You were supported by College Park. You were supported by uh, some of the other folks in the community. You've now grown. Uh, congratulations on that process. Again, they can find Club E at what? At 3707 Main Street, College Park. And our website is www.cluebeatlanta.com. We encourage you to come down and visit. Uh, I actually had Howard come down to hear about Oru's, and he's actually an Orutopian. Uh, Orutopian. He, saw, <laughs> he, he saw the value of the Oru's for not only for himself but for his customers as well. Obviously, he's trying to cr- increase their disposable income, so this is an opportunity. So we have two Orutopians in the room. Well, three, right. actually. You're an Orutopian, right. Michael. R- Rich, did you write down that word? That's a new word for Rich, the or- I'm still Orutopian. Go- yeah, I like that. I'm going to get my tattoo before the show's over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real question for both gentlemen, what's next for y'all? So, uh, so Bob, is there a, a Club E2, or um, what's, what's next? Well, yeah, so uh, uh, what happened was about five months ago, uh, East Point came down to me and said, hey, uh, you know, we have 1,150 small businesses that work out of their home. We really need a Club E down here, and we didn't have enough space in our building because uh, we're totally full, uh, 100% occupied, and wow. we have about 20 people on a waiting list. And so they said, well, we have some people that own bits, uh, buildings in, in uh, East Point that want to renovate them like you did here. 
So they hooked me up with uh, uh, with a business owner that owned a building, has two acres of land, about 20,000 square foot. So we're going to be creating a new club E, East Point, uh, sure. about 46 offices. And, uh, stay, stay tuned for grand opening. Is it Club F or is it uh, just stay club, with E? Club e <laughs> and Howard, what's next for you? You're out there recruiting every day. And uh, thanks for being an Orutopian. That's a new word today. Exactly. <laughs> you get a crown that? for that? or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a crown for that. And a, and, a ta- and a tattoo. <laughs> well, skip the tattoo. <laughs> what, what's next? It, it's really about showing other people how to become financially independent. Showing other people how to get to their goals and dreams. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you being part of the Buckhead Business Show today. And here at the uh, Pro Business Channel. And Rich, got any final words for us about the BBA? Well, I'm going to become an Oratopian. Or, uh, That's right. <laughs> I think we're going to, we're going to do lock that. Lock the door, yeah. Definitely. I would definitely want to talk to you about that. I enjoyed the, uh, the rule of 72. That was uh, very well said. But um, our final thoughts on the BBA, the Buckhead Business Association. Again, a shout-out. Do they still do shout-outs? Or, um, we yeah. still do shout-outs okay. every Thursday morning, 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, and then uh, that third Thursday is an after-hours mixer, and we just uh, wrapped up the Taste of Buckhead. Whoa, it's what a, a phenomenal what a great event, night. Right? What a great night. Yeah. Um, and folks can go just, just to uh, BuckheadBusiness.org. And, um, so we'll see you on Thursday morning. All right, sounds good. See you there for breakfast. Right. At the at Where? At the City Club of Buckhead, one of those billion-dollar views. And from here, you can look back at the studio, yeah. That's right. And you can see the window. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, brother. We have a great day. We should have wrapped up earlier, yeah. We'll see you next time. Sure. (laughs) Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.